Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We would like to acknowledge the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, the traditional custodians of the land this podcast is being recorded on, and pay our respects to the elders, both past, present, and emerging. Salad or Dolly, through a great party, we all drank Bacardi, it got kind of gnarly. We're light as a feather, we're tougher than leather. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. So what about we were talking um, on the phone while I was away, we were reminiscing about in our early dating um, the story of what happened in um, Sedona, Arizona. Oh, yeah. When there was like one of our first like big fights that weren't even like fights, but they were almost like... um aesthetic disagreements well yeah which is like between two artists is a big thing big thing well it's funny when you're first dating i was thinking of my friend rachel horvitz was dating someone and she literally saw him in the shadows i don't know if they'd smoked pot or something but he looked literally looked like a devil all of a sudden so this is that version i think when you date someone you're just sort of at first like checking them out and then enamored whatever happens you sleep together and you're just like oh this is amazing i do love him blah 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 and then things might happen that terrify you like we went to see a psychic which was one of them because ben was very into so i mean me too i mean i'm in from la i you know i've seen a psychic or two <laughs> but uh she was super wrong about me. Like she said something like, I think you're something about me being wait, a musician. Wait, wait. Oh, okay. I thought you were gonna say she I thought it was that she was wrong about her periods of history that your past lives were from. No, no, no. No, that was remember, like she quoted something that was ancient Greece that was actually ancient Rome. Oh, so I judged her history. Yeah, yeah. And then you thought she was seeing your past lives and her references were mixed up. Oh, okay. And you were like, not legit. She does not have her eras. Like it was like either the clothes she saw oh, you wearing or something like that. I'm very picky on that. I mean, firstly, don't know if I believe in past lives. Let's just say but that. But if you're going to have them, they've got to be dressed era appropriately. Yes. Yeah. And also I'm like, I'm very funny with, we're, we're watching a show and it's based in the, 70s and there's certain terms i'm like they people never didn't say that in the 70s that was 80s like i'm a bit picky about certain things like that so but anyway she historical accuracy yeah yeah she yeah if you're gonna be into past lives know the the like costumes and you know anyway basically if you're gonna hustle people do it with a degree of thoroughness <laughs> exactly <laughs> but she said something about me being i don't know musician or actor but got it mixed up or something but anyway, and I came out, you were waiting in the car because you had seen her and then you went in the car. And <laughs> you were I, fuming at me. I was irate. <laughs> I was just like, how can you take me to this? Fair enough. Well, because I guess I've judged you. Like you're seeing somebody who's not, it's funny because it's, it's saying it, it seems like I do believe in psychics because I'm like, she wasn't psychic. <laughs> Like that's so innocent that I even entertained a psychic. Totally. 
Anyway, but the second one was we were, we were it was like the end of the I'd been on tour with Rooney and you'd come and met me and it was the first time we'd been on you'd come on tour with me. What was Rooney's we, song again? That was the California one? No, no, that's Phantom Planet. That's oh. that was Jason's band. Robert <gasps> Schwartzman's band. So wait, Rooney was Jason's band? No, Rooney was Robert's band. Oh. No, California was Jason's band. That was Phantom Planet. Oh. And then his little brother, Robert, yeah. his band was Rooney. Awesome. So they, we'd been on tour good together. Band. Yeah. Yeah, it was really good. And um, and the tour ended in like Phoenix or something. Yeah. So we were like, oh, let's have a romantic weekend. I've always heard Sedona's amazing. Yeah. So we had this incredible weekend. And it was, it was incredible yeah. because it was like the night we sort of decided to like have be a together baby. and have a baby and all yeah. this kind of stuff. Because we had the reverse thing of like, I was older. So you were the younger one saying, I know you've already had a kid, but usually I think this historically happens to older men where the women are like, are you, do you want a kid or something? But anyway, and you were like, I and want now it. everybody has to have them. So it's all, you know, <laughs> it's just depressing. I'm just like, I'm, I'm, Personally, I've had a personally positive week and a collectively depressing week, of like course, everybody else. So. Of course. But you know what I was thinking? I mean, this is sort of, this is obviously well, a Well, we can't not talk about it. <clears throat> but, you know, I was thinking there's obviously all the downsides of the um, the Supreme Court overruling Roe versus Wade and that sending people back to the dark ages and women losing their rights and the precedent sets for all these other um possible um, rights being taken away. But on the positive, there are going to be more podcast listeners, more pregnant women, more time needing to consume digital content. So people aren't looking at the upside very much, you know? I know. (laughs) It was already hard for women. I can't even... I'm still in shock, to be honest. I know, me too. It's beyond depressing. I'm just still processing. I don't know. I'm still in shock. It's, I'm not really comprehending it because it's so, it's um, it's sort of hard to think about. Yeah, it's been really, it's been totally bizarre. I mean, but it's fresh. Anyway, it's, I didn't mean to like d- divert no, into no, no, this but traumatic we, territory. No, but I think we had to talk about it. And uh, I know I'm not sure in terms of this, in terms of our podcast and what this is, because we're both super politically aware and intrigued and we follow the news closely i'm not sure how much of that to bring into this space um i think we need to experiment with it and figure it out because sometimes i think being politically aware and being in dialogue about it is like it's like a really healthy part of just being an integrated person and everything but i also think there's a lot of spaces for people to obsess and worry and consume that type of information so i also like offering people a little bit of a um, reprieve from it but maybe it's more just in the way we talk about it well, that yeah it's i mean not to be alarmist or terrifying or but to, yeah you know. i mean it's very 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 serious and it's hard to know what to do and what can be done when voting feels like it doesn't work but i do hope that the only silver lining, I guess, when things get so bad is that you really, really can see them. And I just hope that as bad as it is, there can be a change that comes from that because there's a lot of people who rally together because they have to. But I don't know. It's also weird that like as part of the psychology of our species is that we do tend to need things to get really bad before we fix them. We do it personally too in our own lives. Like when I look at like bad habits I've had or like the cults and all that stuff, like it had to get sort of pretty bad for me to address it. So we're kind of thick in that way. Like we're, 
we're kind of an ingenious species in terms of our ideas for solutions that we can create to fix things, but we are pretty thick in terms of like getting the message of how wrong we are yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, speaking of being wrong, so here we are. One of us was wrong. We're going on a hike in Sedona. <laughs> We're doing a hike. We're going, you know, it's Sedona, Arizona. And for Sedona, for people who don't know, it's like um, it's known as like an energetic vortex. Yeah, right? and there I are don't ley lines and mm, all this kind of thing. And I don't know if vortexes are real or you are told that they are, and then you put your idea that they are. But I have felt like certain places, like Ojai or Topanga Canyon, like. I'll go and be really elated and then I'm like depressed and like I got to get out of here. But I don't know. And then other places I just feel good. I actually feel really good in Sydney. And maybe that's a vortex. And it could just be that there's nature that you like or associations. It's also weird we have to call it a vortex instead of just saying, I feel really good there. Yeah. And <laughs> there's like, do we some need things some, like, that are complex obvious. esoteric language. I know. I that, Again, meat and potatoes. Not that I'm pushing meat but i'm saying i've always loved just like looking at things clearly yeah yes vortex could just mean something simple i mean my brother said that new york has so many vibes that because there's actually a lot of crystal in the soil beneath the buildings crystal content <laughs> that's fun it is fun so we're walking along we're hiking <laughs> okay, in sedona we're not in manhattan yeah we're in we Sedona, are Arizona. in Sedona, we Arizona. Are in a vortex, baby. And it feels good. Yeah, it, it feels does. really good. And I did actually love. We went to <laughs> eat somewhere, and we had raw food, and it was cold raw food. It was a I, raw food restaurant. I think, that's right. right. Think, and yeah. so Ben said, "I don't like this raw cold food in my stomach." And I remember feeling like really comforted by that because although I think raw food is amazing, and that again also is just like, yeah, of course, like eat an apple and eat like a vegetable and don't put anything on it or fry it up sometimes because that's good for you but i was like oh he's cool because he's not like gonna be too radical and well, only into oh, raw food and how wrong you were i know not you're... that i got into raw food but i do have a tendency towards radicalism yeah but the that thing is just like it's not that it's raw it's that they've kept it refrigerated yeah 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 they're not doing it right because I do think raw food yeah like straight course. from the ground yeah, and all that sounds of course. Really like good. well who doesn't love pulling a beautiful tomato and just eating it who doesn't love pulling a potato a beautiful potato <laughs> do eat tomato butter. not a potato who doesn't love this is the name of this episode <laughs> who doesn't love pulling a beautiful tomato <laughs> sounds very sexual yeah uh what did, did you have a good night had a great night me and the boys went we pulled a beautiful but tomato. you usually squeeze a tomato not pull you do you, well you squeeze it before you pull it but you pull if a tomato is a boob then oh, you i thought squeeze. i was just thinking of it as a tomato Oh, I was doing sexual in innuendos. I was too, but I was still keeping it. I was being but sexy what, with a, a tomato. A, but a penis tomato would be a round penis. No, but your your double entendre was about actually imagining it was some form of human genitals. Right. Mine was being sexy towards tomatoes. So we were just oh. on different wavelengths. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, that's um, cute. So we're while hiking, yeah. walking. You know when you're on a hike and people pile up rocks? Yeah, like they make like these... Uh, you know, it, like one puts another one yeah, on top of it, it becomes a little just, tower, which is perfectly fine and and cool. And like, okay, so so, so we're, walking we're walking along, and, ben, and I say, and ben I say, says, wow, you know, isn't it interesting with these things that there's no sign up or anything, right? It's a social contract. There's like an agreement that people make that we are going to make these little rock sculptures. 
And it's just interesting that collectively we don't need to explain it. Like one person puts one on, another one puts it, and it just keeps going without any formalization of that social contract. And you said, I love them. And I, you no, also, no, 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 you're no, putting no. words in my mouth. And I didn't say I love them. And you said what it them. was. That's what, what it was? put it over the edge. You knew the term for it. What's a pile of rocks? No, there's a term for it. That's what put me over the edge. I don't know about that. Do I? Did I really? That's the whole story. No, I don't think so. I think the story was you no, found my sense no. of wonder. You did. You it's found It's called that, something. L- and look that- it up. I don't believe that I ever knew that. I think I was impressed with the unconscious connection between humans to make a pile of rocks on a hike. But it was also... Look at you frantically Googling to try and make your point. What's it called? I mean, now I'm annoyed at you that you don't remember this. Because I don't believe... I think later we looked it up and there was a name for it. But there's no way I would have known that. I know. I'm I'm looking it up in my inbox because I'm a boomer. (laughs) I'm not a boomer. Um, Okay. I'm a Gen X. Hey, Siri. What's it called when people make a pile of rocks on a hike? Here's what I found. It's called a cairn, C-A-I-R-N. Whatever it was called. There's no way I knew that. That's the first time I've ever heard that. A hundred percent you knew. It's also known as a rock pile. No. Or as a burial mound. No. The word cairn comes from Scottish Gaelic. Ione, these are your roots. That's great. You are the Scottish Gaelic one. The reason why this story, I I like those piles. I think it's cool and beautiful. Mm -hmm. You know, I love a natural sculpture. I think it's incredible. I love sculpture. Listen, (laughs) I love classical statues very much as well. You're you're, you're waffling here. What is your relationship? What is your relationship with the cairn? Because it's not, you called it like an, it's not like idea. It's like a longer word. You, you knew the term for it. And that what, that's what cringed me out was the term for it with also. Okay. So if I, if say the word I knew was cairn, just say, no, no, I'm saying, I I know it wasn't. Would that have cringed you out? If I'd yeah. have known the traditional Scottish Gaelic term. <laughs> the, the, the thing with the story was that it was the way you talked about it with this term. <laughs> it wasn't Karen, but it was some other term. And yeah, it's funny. So the point of the story is when you're first dating someone, part of you starts looking for reasons to turn on them. Yeah, And I have right. some theories. And you're still turning on me about this. Well, I, now I feel upset. You feel gaslit. No, I just feel upset that you don't. I feel not seen because you haven't, because you didn't uh, remember the story, and because it happened to both of us, and you don't remember the story exactly the way I do. So, mm. but the it's a similar uh, nerve, which is enmeshment. This is my I love analysis. This is so I'm looking to enmesh and you know, like when you're first dating someone and they don't like a movie you like or you like a movie they don't like. And it's like, oh, my God, how can this be? So I think I'm looking to be on the same page about everything. And when, like, and, like and, a cairn, like just like piled <laughs> of one on top of the other, just perfectly in symmetry. But like, you know, it's so true. Like if you, uh, you know, it's it just you want at first you want to sort of be, be you know marvel at the differences in some ways and then it's like threatening if you don't but ironically I love those piles but I guess you're just looking to be on the same page why Doctor I, I don't know but I know you um yeah you did 
Well, I was in a bad you mood did not for like ages. The, you know, I, I'd just gotten you to commit to having a baby. And next thing I was like, oh, man, this is a, the baby's at risk here over this Karen. Together we're weirder, we're weirder together. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm paranoid. You know how paranoid I am. Like I, I, I of, of people talking shit about me or what am I paranoid about? Yeah, well, you're paranoid about being left out of conversations, that there's conversations happening in other rooms that you're not a part of. The people like who are sort of like, you're big on, you're, you're big on the type of paranoia that uh, thinks there's an agenda behind people's sort of flippant remarks or a hostility towards you. Yeah, exactly. And I do think it's funny that I, for someone who's like an innocent and I truly like have a, I don't know, like I, I I don't know if it's a positive outlook, but I do fear people are doing things mostly in a way that's selfish or twisted or passive aggressive. Yeah, you think people are very twisted. Yeah. Yeah. Which means I'm, because I'm maybe, don't you sort of put what you're like onto others? Sometimes, but I also think you get just like traumatized by being alive and encounters with different types of people and people are quite twisted I mean I was naive about I thought like especially like coming into the music business and show business I've only recently let go of the idea that most people like each other like I genuinely thought in music we're sort of all on the same team and if you're in a band or you do music, you're like, you're kind of one of the good guys. And I sort of liked everybody. And I didn't quite realize how many resentments and how much hatred there was between musicians and between actors and comedians and like yeah. deep resentments. Yeah. I mean, I just assumed everyone was kind of jealous of one another or just thought people were against one another. Or like if you see someone, you know, if I'm working with a older actor when I was younger I just assumed that they were annoyed that I was younger and I would just sort of be really nice to them or you know I just sort of assumed the worst a little bit I know Uh, you're it's weird because like in some ways you're more cynical than I am about human beings and human nature yeah I mean Goldie our kid which I was so happy said I'm truly like a child but call, I, call back to the uh, the last episode <laughs> for the for the for the regular listeners. Which I just want you to know again, and I take that as the ultimate <laughs> you're really compliment. That, yeah, you're really like buffing that one up. Well, yeah, because yeah, all her kid friends just uh, you should make a T-shirt or something that says that just to remind people if they forget. Yeah. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Do you want to hear? Um, we got a couple uh, voicemails from yeah. people. Let's check them out. Hey guys, just wondering what is the weirdest thing you've heard about yourselves, and did it have any truth behind it? Ione, what is the weirdest I'll thing you've heard? I'll ask you first. Okay, you, ask, you can ask me first. Yeah. You can what ask is me? the weirdest thing you've ever heard about yourself? So when I was 18, I was just out of high school and I was, I'd had one girlfriend. Like I was not a man of the world. I was just beginning to like experience like, you know, everything. And my tour manager said to me, 
I, I can't remember how it came up, but I talked about someone I was like really attracted to or something or someone I'd like to hook up with. And he said, well, uh, I don't know, you know what I've heard about you. And I said, what, what have you heard about me? And he did that little gesture with the finger that like means you're impotent. <laughs> What? At 18? Wait, who is this? Your tour manager? I added to a manager, added to a manager that on the label and connected me with. He did that little... What? Kind of like finger thing. How old was he? He was like in his 30s. I'm so protective of you. But firstly, that like, anyway. But also like the idea... Are tour managers supposed to give, like pump you up? Yeah, I think that was for sure. I sort of got me too'd in that weird moment. That was like, <laughs> it was, that was a total boundary crossing moment. But that was something that I... um I I heard about myself that I don't know if he was making it up. I don't know what circles were spreading rumors about 18-year-old Australian indie rockers. Oh, my God. But, um, but the only thing I could think was I did, I even like hooking up with girls on tour and stuff, I was never like a big going Sad. all the way person. Yeah. I just sort of thought that was, I liked that for like, people I really liked, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I sort of wonder if that was the start of the rumor, if there was a situation that I maybe like pulled back from in some way or something. But that was, yeah, that was the weirdest rumor I'd ever heard about myself. Yeah, I I wouldn't say, uh, yeah, I've been with people who, I think it's emotional, like fear of intimacy. And also sometimes I guess when people are on medication that might happen or something. No, no, I don't have that. I don't know. know I'm saying you don't. I'm saying that that is something obviously that happens. You're still like buffing me up. That like, look, it happens sometimes. Don't worry. You're you're good to go. Like anyway, what's also the, uh, you're really good in a in a in a jiffy in a jiffy. What's a t- what's a, a term? stiffy? Well, stiffy, what's, but like you know, if we don't have a lot of time, you're good wh- to go. What's your what's the weirdest thing you've ever heard about yourself? I'm weird, so like hearing not weird things would be weird. I I don't know. I um nothing is coming to mind. I, to be honest, I mean it's funny because right. I'm sure if I googled, there'd be uh things but no nothing all right okay here's another one here's another question hi ben hi ioni my name's carrie i'm currently living in pittsburgh pennsylvania and my question's about being in an artist couple i'm wondering what is the best part of that and maybe the worst part i am an artist but i am not married to an artist so sometimes i'm jealous of artist couples because you seem to have a lot of fun Not to say my husband's not creative, but he doesn't make a living through his art. And I'm also wondering what artist couples you admire, if you can think of a few. Thanks so much. I enjoy your podcast and the work you do. Take care. I love that. I love that. Um, So what's the the best and the worst part of being an artist couple? I mean, it's funny. I can't even imagine not... I mean, I, I, I don't know if I've ever not... I know the worst with part. With an artist. I know the worst part. Financial. Yeah, the worst part is you have two people without any ability to predict how much money they're going to make yeah. the next year. It like, depends what kind of artist you are. Like obviously if you're a power couple artist, you're you're in the you're in the mint. You're in the money? But no, I mean, we, we're both working artists that like, we, some we're people doing would better perceive than us as powerful cu- The power worst couples. part is the financial insecurity. Yeah, just insecurity. that you, like, I do think if you were in a couple where one person was the artist and the, like a freelancer, essentially, I don't yeah. even think it has to be an artist, but it's a freelancer. 
and the other person had a steady paycheck, yeah. you would have, there'd be some degree of like a safety net. And I was going to say also the, the also uh, the being away from one another and not knowing, you know, I mean, I guess there's a lot of couples like your sister and her husband, he works in Singapore and she's in Sydney. And so they like, she doesn't see him sometimes and all that. And like some people, you know, they might have a nine to five job. And the man is at home with the kids and he doesn't see the wife all day or whatever it is. And for us, you know, it's nice that we get to like have all these these times where we get to work together at the house a lot. Like if if we're writing or painting and you're making music and it's so divine, like you're making music in one room and I'm painting or I'm I get to, you know, even working on characters and you help me with my my acting, you know, by helping me like. Bounce, lines bounce whatever, run yeah. lines, bounce stuff off of you, whatever. But uh, if the travel stuff, you never know. You know, time apart could be kind of weird. Yeah, and I would say that the the other best part of it is that, in terms of um, like what guides us, like we sort of have the same thing guiding us, right? Which is a little bit like probably the comfort that people feel if they marry someone of the same religion or the same faith that like we both have a, a desire to cultivate and express our inspiration. Yeah, yeah. And so we kind of know what our, in a way, like, you know, to use a, a term that people are familiar with, like we both know what our higher power is and that's our artistic inspiration. Yeah. So we have something that we can share in terms of our decision-making and our moral code and that sort of thing, which is like, um, I think if you, I think people that aren't artists don't understand the degree of powerlessness that you can have in the creative experience and that you're essentially like relying on nature or the unconscious or something to bring you ideas that you can do your part and show up and fight for and implement and everything, but it's a very mysterious process, the actual inspiration. So sharing that understanding is Yeah, and really you don't good. know when it's gonna hit. You can do all the things to keep it, you know, like that movie with Albert Brooks, The Muse, which is a yeah, fun I love that movie. That fun idea that you have this muse and you have to kind of uh be good to it, like meaning like feed it with whatever that is for you, like taking walks or traveling or falling in love or eating good food or suffering or whatever it is, but that the muse has to be kind of happy. It's like a muse monster. But in that case, it was um, Sharon Stone. Um, we love both those questions. If anyone wants to send a voice note to us, you can do that at weirdertogetherpod at gmail.com. We also just got a DM from our friend Jen Kirkman that I wanted to share that was so sweet. She said, um, you guys, I just recently found out you two have a podcast. Not sure how I missed this. I was listening today. I absolutely adore it. Ben, you said something about when reading biographies, you skip the childhood parts. And I'd just done the same thing today, reading a memoir of a ballerina. I skipped to when she began training in NYC. I was like, I don't care about your normal childhood summers. I also skip that any bio that starts with their grandparents coming over on any ship. <laughs> I love that. Unless they were running from the Nazis. Anyway, I love that. Me too. She's so funny and she's got a great... She's, she's not Jewish, but she has a thing about Nazis. Like, like, like a, not a thing for them, but a thing against them. <laughs> 
But she's intrigued. She's intrigued, right? She's Catholic, Irish Catholic. Isn't right? it weird that in this world, you, you having a thing against Nazis is like a defining characteristic? I know. Again. I'm the opposite. Like I love the history. I love the great grandparents. I love all that too. But I love her. Yeah, I love Jen too. So follow her on Twitter and listen to her pod, various pods she's done. And she's always an amazing voice. Um, we, people have um, seen, so we've got this launch coming up on Wednesday night at Cafe Frida's in Sydney for our pod network. And mm-hmm. I just, there's been a few, we've posted on socials a little bit and people are like, what is it? What is this thing you're doing? So I just wanted to take a second and explain to people what yeah, we are doing. Yeah, tell me, please. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, I so, know I'm doing a DJ set. <laughs> okay, well, no, that's a party, but you know what we're what we're doing oh, with Weirder Together Network. Oh, the I know network. that. I know. I thought you were talking about the party. <laughs> I thought you were like, wow, Ioni's taking <laughs> playing um, uh, playing esoteric Tycoon. to it to a new level. So yeah, what we're doing is um, we've we've signed a deal with Acast, which is the platform that we release this podcast through now. We are going to be Weirder Together is going to be you know that's the name of our pod, but it's also the name of our network and what we're going to do on our network is be producing and releasing content by a whole bunch of different creators that we love so it's going to be like um Alexi Wasser's podcast on the Weirder Together podcast network. And the goal of it really is like, there is so much digital content out there. You know, it's pretty overwhelming. Like I always think when I open Netflix, I don't know what to watch anymore. So the idea is kind of just getting back to the idea of curation. Like when we were growing up, indie record labels, if it had a stamp on it, like Sub Pop or Rough Trade or Half a Cow in Sydney, you'd be like, oh, I'm probably going to like it because it's on this label that I like. And so- We're basically curating this podcast network out of our taste with people we like, with minds we admire, interesting, funny people with good stories to tell. And we'll let you guys know when they're coming out. There's probably going to start showing up in a few months, but it's really stuff that we think you guys are going to dig if you dig what we do and the way uh, the way our creative outlook is and how we look at the world. Yeah. So that's the gist of it. So feel free to come along to Frida's if you want to and celebrate with us or just keep your ears open on this podcast and we'll keep you posted on what's going on. I would like to end this podcast with sharing a piece of music from the girl who supported me on tour. Her name's Susie. And she's just an amazing songwriter. We actually met on TikTok. I don't know how age appropriate it is for me at 43 to be making friends on TikTok, but I am doing it. And this is an amazing artist who I met, um, who I invited to come on tour with me around Australia. And I just want to leave you with one of her songs. This is Susie. I'll tag her in the show notes so you can find her on socials and she's just she was an amazing inspiring person to tour with beautiful babies (laughs) beautiful babies see you next time see you later beautiful babies i'm scared the kids who picked on me in high school were right that i'm a fucking mess and i'll never make it far in life with holes in my t-shirt and crooked teeth I'm scared this is how I will always be So I saved up for braces and I saved for weeks Until my car broke down and I spent the rest on weed Amelia, you're nothing but a joke to me You walk around with your head so tall But we all know you're weak And Amelia, I'm sorry you have to make 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.